Blog Talk Radio. Wednesdays, and we're bringing valuable information to the IT services industry, software industry, anybody in the technology community that's looking for ways to grow their business or close more sales or just, you know, just get more opportunities into the pipeline. And that's what we're all about. Again, my name is Stuart Crawford from Ulistic, and Ulistic sponsors the MSP show here on Blog Talk Radio. And we are a full-featured marketing and consulting firm helping MSPs grow their business each day. Anyway, let's just jump right into our content. we got the you know, Chris White from uh, Catalyst Finance in uh, on our call today. And uh, Catalyst is a Canadian-based leasing organization. I would think Chris will probably go into a bit more detail. But, you know, for a be- lack of better terms, being on the leasing organization finance company that helps uh, MFPs, software vendors, and bars and resellers, you know, I think what I think I like about Chris's approach is help them close more business. So good, uh, good morning, Chris. Uh, I take it you're in your office in London today. Yep, uh, off Sunday, today, a little bit of snow last night, getting getting a taste of winter down here today. Yeah, we had a, a horrible windstorm come through last night uh, out here on the in the Niagara region, but uh, it turned cold. Anyway, so Chris, give us a little bit of a history about uh, Catalyst and yourself, and you know, your years of experience helping uh, you know helping business and IT partners uh, you know close more opportunities. Sure. Uh, and again, Stuart, thanks for having me on today. Um, excited to be part of this, and I think it's uh, you know it, it'll be good taunt content for the audience that's out there. Um, Catalyst started back in 2005, so we've been around for about seven years, and we really started because we felt there was a gap in the marketplace for the reseller or VAR or MSP in providing a financing solution to small and mid-sized business customers. And to step back even a bit further with my background, I worked for a company for years uh, called Triad Systems. And Triad was a, a software company based out of Austin, Texas, that sold hardware and software, proprietary hardware back in the kind of mid-90s, um, and software to the automotive aftermarket. And we had a captive leasing company at that company, and we leased about 90% of our technology, very similar to what the photocopier guys do. So we, we, we had a really good sense of the power of leasing. And we understood that leasing was more beneficial to us as a vendor um, as opposed to the customer, which, which many, many people think. And it, it's, it's really an illusion that's out there in the marketplace, and that's one of the things I want to touch on today. After I left Triad, I went and worked for another um, finance company. And one of the things we did is we started and managed the Ingram microfinance program for several years. And I was very involved in that, in the startup of that program. And it was a, it was a you know good program to start, good idea. Um, we kind of tweaked it and, and learned a lot about it. And when I left Catalyst, I took a lot of the things of the best parts of the Ingram micro leasing program, and started Catalyst. And so Catalyst works with VARs, resellers, MSPs. Um, and we really focus on three things. We want to try to help increase sales. We want to help you control your customer 
as companies like Dell Financial and IBM Global Finance have, and we want to try to enhance the margins, and there's a lot of ways to do that. And so in the last seven years, we've really grown our business by working either with individual resellers or in a channel um, with companies like Sage Software, which is one of the programs that we run in Canada, Dell Tech, um, Activin, as, as well as many others. So that, that's kind of a, a quick history on what, on what Catalyst does and, and really who we are and how we started. So that's, that's great. It's good. So you've got a lot of background there, Chris, in you know, helping and working in the IT community. You know, when you meet with uh, IT VARs, what are some of their struggles that they're having right now? I mean, we, you know, you hear the, you know, you hear, depending on what time of the day it is or day of the week, that the economy is recovering, it's going back into, uh, you know, recession. I love Kevin O'Leary's approach that, you know, this is the new world, this is the way it's going to be going forward and get used to it. But what are, what are some of the challenges you're seeing with IT? Let's just talk about the typical MSP today. What are some of the challenges they're having from a sales perspective? Is it you're getting a lot of pushback because of pricing. Uh, what, do you, what do you see some well, of the challenges when it comes to closing deals? Well, it's, it's a good question. The, the biggest challenge we see in the marketplace, um, and again, I'll talk about the end users. The biggest challenge that the end users are having is cash flow. Okay, and the cash flow challenge is one that is just out there because the banks aren't lending as much money as possible. Um, the challenge I see in the reseller community or the MSPs is really understanding that, and, and it, it's really twofold. Number one, a lot of times an end user will not talk about cash flow challenges or financial problems that they're having because it's an uncomfortable subject. And a lot of times I see VARs or MSCPs go through a sales cycle, present a, a really strong technical solution to a client, only to get to the end of the sales cycle and either the client doesn't have the capital to pay for it or they don't have the access to pay for it. And so that's one of the big challenges. The second challenge that I see out there is just the understanding of the finance world or, or the leasing world, not only our business but just the banks and whatnot. And it's really important for the reseller and the VAR to understand what's going on in the buyer's head when they're presenting a solution to them because so often – you know, there might be that company might be looking to buy another company, that end user, or the company's owner might be looking for an exit strategy. And as you're talking to them about a great solution, he's concentrating on that solution you're presenting, but he's also thinking in the back of his head, you know, geez, I want to sell this business in two or three years, or I want to acquire this other company, and if I spend this money right now on on this solution, you know, that's going to inhibit my ability to do that. So. You know, that's, that's one of the big challenges I see out there, and we, we've got a great perspective on that. We deal with thousands of end users on a yearly basis, and, and we see that, and, and when we look at their financials or their credit, we really understand what's going on inside the business. And, and, and as a, a lot of times, the VARs of the MSPs either don't see that or, or the client doesn't share that, and that really presents a, a, a disconnect with the seller. And as a result, a lot of proposals um, go to no decision. And that would, is probably the biggest challenge that we see out there right now. Well, I look at it uh, this way, Chris. Is, you know, I, I employ the question-based selling tactics, and if you do that correctly, you can ask some of these questions up front and then align yourself with the, uh, the end goals of the, of the client. So yeah, they, depending on their, uh, you know, the end goals, you can, leasing may be very, uh, a very good approach. Well, you know, I, I, used to do a lot, I used to do almost everything I did. Almost every deal I closed with MSP was uh, some sort of leasing deal. So the fact is I always want to get my money up front too and then have to rely on 90-day payments, but that's a, that's a story for another day. But, you know, 
you know, if the clients are concerned about cash flow as well, obviously I kind of just kind of opened the door a little bit there. As an MSP, we must we need to be concerned about our cash flow as well, and and a, and a leasing alternative or a good leasing partnership can also keep our cash flow healthy, correct? Yeah, a lot of the work that we did, when we, well, it's funny, when we ran that Ingram Micro Program, we ended up doing, yeah, I'm going to say, you know, three to four, three, maybe three, 350 resellers, we did a lot of leasing for them as they were trying to grow out their technology, grow out the platform that they were, they were working off of. So, you know, leasing, you know, makes sense from the very basic point of view that you, you want to let equipment, you want to pay for it as it earns you profits. And so whether it's your end user or you, the client, you know, we see more and more people looking at leasing, you know, to manage cash flows. But secondly, you know, where leasing has really become beneficial, and this is what a lot of people don't realize, is that leasing is, is much more flexible than bank financing. And a lot of the financing, whether it's for an MSP's own build-out when they're, you know, they're, they're working on their platform or their end users, a lot of the deals we're doing right now are what we call deferral deals where people don't make any payments for three months or six months or a seasonal lease where we're dealing with a landscaping company or some other type of company that has consistent cash flows at certain times of the year and we create a lease that matches their cash flows. And so that that product or that that you know you know factor in leasing or the ability to do that in leasing is really what's grown our business over the last couple of years because we're able to work with the VARs and, and find something that works particularly for their cash flows as well as their end users. And that's that's really what's helped leasing in the last couple of years. So, I mean, we have a lot of listeners, Chris, that are not just here in Canada but globally. Is there any – is leasing the same no matter really the, at the core, no matter what country you're in? I, I know there's been probably a little different changes in rules here and there, but let's just talk Canada, U.S. for now. I think that's where the majority of our listeners come from. Is you know are the rules pretty much the same? Less a little bit of tax differences here and there. Yeah, they're really the same. Typically, what you find uh, in the U.S. Uh, there's two main differences. The, the rates are typically about a point to two points lower in the U.S. from a pure interest rate point of view. And also in the U.S., uh, it's very common for companies in the U.S. to personally guarantee deals. You know, it's a, in the small business community, small and, and small mid-sized business. Where in Canada. Um, we take a lot closer look at the Equifaxes and the DMVs and the financial statements of the companies. Those would be the two main differences. Um, but Canada's really caught up to the U.S. where five years ago, you know, software financing in the U.S. was very common. You know, there were still some limitations or some criteria in Canada that had to be followed, you know, hardware to software ratios. But now both in both countries, it's kind of gone out the window. So we... You know, we ourselves and a lot of the companies out there, whether it be, you know, IBM Global Finance, Dell Financial, you know, will look at whatever kind of technology asset is out there, whether it's software, whether it's services, consulting, and put it in the form of a lease. Yeah, so we're in conversation with Chris White from Catalyst Financial, our Catalyst Finance and uh, on the MSP show today. You can check out his website while we're talking here, catalystfc.com, and Follow along. We've got some great, uh, great uh, stories on there. So, Chris, you know, one of the things that we see is with MSPs is, you know, we're doing three-year deals now. Uh, we're looking bundling IT services. You know, well, let me let me rephrase that. The best of breed MSPs are, are looking at three-year deals and trying to figure out how to make that all work. Can leasing help? Uh, can we spread that out and can we incorporate some of our managed services offerings into uh, into a client lease 
or is that still kind of forbidden uh the forbidden area to go into you know it, it's it's kind of it right now in the gray area we're doing more and more of it and i'll I'll give you some specific examples um we started a few years ago to bundle uh, annual support in the leases, you know, the typical 18 to 20% annual support for our software leases. And then in the Sage channel in particular, we started to bundle two years, three years, four years, five years into the leases as the resellers themselves were paid on the support. So it was nice to get all that money up front. And the 18, 20% was pegged at the value of the first year. So there's a bit of a discount for the client to do that. So, the, in the true MSP model, more and more we're getting into bundlings, whether it's the installation, whether it's some monthly fees, but we haven't got to the point where we can do a three-year lease and pay the MSP everything for, the, for 36 months up front, and then they can have all that revenue recognition up front. We're, we're not quite there yet, but it's close. What we've done with some of our guys in the MSP model is – sign a lease with the client, put everything under that lease. So basically we do the billing and collecting for them, and then we will pay them all the hardware, software portion up front, and then the managed services portion will pay them on a quarterly basis as the client pays. And we're seeing more and more of that um, right now, but we're not to that full where we would pay a lease out for three years in advance to the MSP, but it, it's I can see it going that way. I can definitely see it going that way. Yeah, because we could run into some issues there. Especially, what happens if this, the end client is not happy with the performance of the service provider? Then how do you how do you deal with that? I think that's maybe some of the hurdles that you guys got to get through, right? Yeah, and and that's a great one. And, and that happens. Like the reality is that happens, and uh, and someone's not happy in a lease. You know where we have the challenges. There's no recourse back to the MSP or to the reseller. The recourse is all on on Catalyst, or all on the funder. In this example, so. If we got 18 months into an agreement and a client wasn't happy, it doesn't come back on the MSP. It comes back on the funder to collect from them, and there's really no way for the client to get out of that. So as a result, that's kind of where we're in that gray area now and trying to still figure out, okay, how can we do the full payout? And, and what, what I can see happening down the road is some kind of recourse agreement where the MSP will be approved, uh, go through the process, pay them up front, but if somewhere through that lease something happens, there'll be a repayment of, of a portion of that lease. And, again, we do that in other industries, and I, I see the MSPs going that way down the road. Okay, cool. So let's, let's go back, Chris, to the, the sales professional who's out there every day pounding the pavement, you know, seeing clients, making telephone calls. You know, some of the challenges we're starting to see, you know, of course, there's always pushback on price. There's, you know, there's a number of different issues. So let's put this. You're working now with one of your clients, and they're coming to say, "Chris, you know, how do I how, how do I close more deals? How do I how do I position leasing uh, as not necessarily an alternative? I would like to see them push leasing as maybe the mainstream because clients are going to get used to paying. They're used to paying monthly for stuff now as it is. You know, they're used to paying their car okay. payments monthly. They're used to paying their mortgage payments monthly. Heck, you know what? They're even doing software now on a monthly payment from Microsoft and other people." How do you help a sales professional understand the concept of, you know, putting putting leasing maybe as a forefront uh, way of doing business now? Yeah, and it's, it's a good question, and and again, a couple answers to that one. Um, first, when we work with the salespeople, we've got a very simple process and a very very simple program that we you know we can do one off with the MSPs, 
and really educate them on what leasing is so they can answer the frequently asked questions and most importantly when to introduce it into the sales cycle. And you find companies you know, that are very good at leasing, um, they introduce it very early in the sales cycle. And they don't want their reps to be experts in leasing, but they want to be able to answer, you know, what is a capital lease? What is a $10 buyout? Very basic questions that they're going to get. But the question that we always throw out there to our, our reps that we work with is make sure you're asking very early on in the sales cycle, what, Mr. Customer, what would make sense for your business? Would you want to pay for something like this up front? Or would you want to pay for this over a period of time? And I think that flows very well into the MSP model of the managed services. If there's a hardware portion that has to be paid up front, you know, the question could be, you know, formed in a way, would you like to pay for the hardware portion similar to the managed service portion? Obviously, if you're looking at managed service, there's a value proposition there. And in a lot of cases, some part of that value proposition is that there's no large capital cost up front in a managed service play. And so our guys that are effective with it, they'll understand early in the sales cycle what that client's looking at. And then from there, if the client says, you know, geez, we would like to pay for that over a period of time, it makes a lot more sense for our business, then what we say to our guys is we have them quote a monthly payment going forward as opposed to quoting a capital cost. It's, it's you know, I've seen it hundreds of times in sales cycles that I've been in and heard about it thousands of times with our partners. You know, the typical you know, sales closing meeting that the MSP or the reseller or the VAR walks in, they, they send the proposal over to the owner or to the CFO or the controller who's looking at it, and the first thing they do is they flip to the back page or to the pricing page, and they see $27,000 or 97000 whatever that number is, and that's a scary number. And then typically what happens is the rep begins to backpedal and talk about, well, this is the value here, but that number's hanging out there. If you identify early on in the sales cycle, and this is what we teach our MSPs to do, that listen, if, you, if they identify monthly payment as a way that they would like to go, okay, quote them a monthly payment. And then if there's other options that they want to go at, instead of quoting them, you know, $27,000 plus $8,000 for this add-on or these additional licenses, quote them a payment of $900 a month. And if you want to add the additional license, it would be another 125 a month. And what you'll see, what we've, we've seen over the last you know, 12 years since I've been doing this, is your average sales size will go up because it, someone will not hammer you for a discount on a $900 a month payment like they will on a $27,000 capital cost. And if they're only looking at adding on little odds and sods to the solution, whether it's an additional laptop or whether it's an additional software license or something else they want, and it's only 125 a month or 180 months, they'll add on. And typically we see the average sale when someone implements a leasing solution go up 12 to 15%. And, and that's pretty significant. And we see more and more of the VARs and resellers and our software providers getting back into the hardware game and getting more involved in hardware than they were, you know, two to three years ago. You know, Chris, you know what I love about it, though? I can get that five points of margin back that uh, I usually have to give away when I'm doing a big, big uh, ticket item. Absolutely. Which is Absolutely. huge. Which is huge. Let me. I mean, I, I could just use my own personal experience here because you know I I won't uh, share my own uh, stories of uh, selling with leasing, but I'll use my how I look at leasing. I recently bought a car last year, and this, whatever the sticker price was, so, you know I don't have that. I don't have that availability in cash. I would love to pay for it in cash, but I don't. So I went and I went and leased a car, and 
So the lease payment in this is two hundred fifty dollars a month. Another guy says, "Well, you want, you know, you want the uh, five year all all in oil changes." Okay, yeah, sure. It's only fifty dollars a month more. Let's throw it in. Oh, by the way, I want new rims for my car because I want it to look kind of hot and you know, I know I'm driving around. Throw that in the lease. By the time I was able to throw all that into the lease and uh, you know pay an extra few dollars a month, which was which is bonus. Now I know, and I know CFOs and finance people out there who are doing the numbers. They know that they're going to pay more on a lease if they had the capital money, but it's all about, to me, Chris, and correct me if I'm wrong, you mentioned earlier, preserving, it's preserving cash flow, right? Absolutely, 100%. It, it's the biggest driver or the biggest challenge right now for the small and mid-sized business in Canada and in the U.S. is dealing with the cash flow issues that they face on a day-to-day basis. So, I mean, cash is, and cash is king uh, in business, especially... Especially after the last few years we went through, it, you know, the, the ones that survived were the ones that had had cash in the bank. So, Chris, we got like nine minutes left in our program today. What what haven't we uh, addressed when it comes to uh, you know leasing in the software and MSP community? Is there any anything new coming out or anything we just haven't talked about yet? Well, one of the things I want to touch on, and and again, I, I mentioned it early in the call, but the biggest misconception to leasing out there today is that leasing is for your clients or your business that don't have the money to pay for the solution you're providing them. And it's it's not it's it's just not true. Like the reality of leasing, the benefit of leasing is for you the MSP or you the reseller or you the VAR. And I'll go into a couple examples that 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 really illustrate this. You know, when Dell started out, Dell was a obviously a small company started by a very smart guy and grew it and grew it and grew it. One of the key drivers to Dell growing as they have has been Dell Financial. And what what and it's the same thing with IBM Global Finance. It's the same steward as you mentioned buying a car. If you go to the John Deere website, the John Deere tractors are are all financed right now. And the reason that big companies do this is because it gives them control of what we call the customer footprint. And one of the stats that I want to throw out there, if everybody can remember this and the and the whether it's the salespeople, the business owners it's been shown over time that when people lease products, they will make purchases 3.3 times over a 10-year period. When people pay cash for products, they will buy five or two times over a 10-year period. So they will buy every five years as opposed to every three years. And as a sale, whether you're a sales rep or whether a business owner, what leasing does for you is it not only gets your sale done right then, but it's automatically gives you a potential sale in your pipeline in 33 months, 34 months. You know, on top of that, throughout that 33, 34, 35 months, before you go and talk to the client again, it's very simple for those people to add on to that lease, whether it's an additional laptop or additional licenses or they're opening up a satellite office and they need more. And it's really giving the MSP or the VAR control over the sales cycle and control over that client footprint. And that's what's really driven... Dell Financial, um, the car business, you know, I, I mentioned John Deere because it's such a brand name product. That's increasing the value of their businesses because they really control that client. When someone wants to add something, it's very easy to do. And when the lease is up at the end of term, you as the VAR or the reseller or the MSP have control over that client. You know what they've been paying the last 33 months. Okay, you can go into the client and say, listen, you've had this $1,500 payment on your books for the last 33 months. It's going to be up in, in April. 
you know, what about looking at this new solution or this additional solution? It gives you an advantage over your customers and it puts a, basically a bubble around your client for that 36 months. And, and that's what we try to really preach to our partners is that leasing is going to add value to your end users and your clients. It's going to help with them one of the biggest problems that they have on a day-to-day basis, which is cash flow. But it is really, really going to benefit your business if you start pushing leasing out there on every deal. Your, your customers will use it, but you'll find that every three years you can go back into that client, okay, and you've got a huge advantage over anybody else out there when you're trying to sell to them because you know them. And, and that's, you know, that's, that's a real important point, and that's one of the biggest misconceptions of leasing. And what Catalyst has really tried to do is bring the same you know, ability that Dell Financial and IBM Global and some of the big players have down to the, to the MSP that might be doing $2 million a year, $5 million a year, 10, you know, and bring that same solution to them to help them grow their business and grow the value of it. Absolutely. So, yeah, CatalystFC.com. Check that out, guys, uh, for those listening and down or listening to our recording later. Chris, you know, the world is switching. The MSP is kind of a new trend happening, this whole hardware or service deal that's going on. Does leasing, uh, can leasing help uh, MSPs that are looking at doing hardware as a service? Yeah, definitely. Like the Haas model's been out there, and, um, you know, it's one that's, that's coming. Typically, where we see a lot of the Haas model being effective is where someone is using high-end computing, whether it's uh, video game development, that type of thing, where they know after, you know, 24 months that that unit's not going to be any good to them. So we see a lot of that in that space, but I can see that growing as well. You know, businesses don't want to own that technology that's depreciating. Okay, they want to use that technology, and that's why the MSP model, the Haas model is coming along the same way. You can use a leasing model so you can upgrade that client every 24 months if they need it, 27, 30, 36, and then basically, again, build yourself over a 10-year period, 3.3 sales, in that 10-year period with the client, as opposed to them going to their bank, getting a line of credit, paying $45,000 for the hardware, and then in four and a half, five years, when it starts to break down, coming back to you to make another sale. And I I love what you mentioned about the lifetime value of a client, because just ask any car dealership, ask any uh, big company, or ask any one of your clients about what the lifetime value of a client is to them, I'm sure you'll get... Uh, some great uh, responses. I know. I think. I think Cadillac did some study uh, a while back and showed. I think the average uh, lifetime value of a Cadillac cl- customer was around half a million dollars. Sure. Well, I mean, sure. people are buying more and more. Either buy, buy one Cadillac and they buy another. I mean, un- up until recently, I was a lifetime Chrysler. I mean, I just recently changed from Chrysler, but I bought. Six cars that were all Chrysler. So what's the lifetime value? Now, what does Chrysler do with me not being a lifetime customer anymore? I think we've got to look at our clients as well, Chris, and this is where I think leasing plays in. It helps us aid in that, that over And You mentioned that continuous refresh of equipment and, and adds value and helps that, life, that lifetime value of that relationship. Yeah, it, it's, it's critical. And, again, it's so difficult, and I think a lot of uh, VARs and MSPs you know, have not as much the MSP world, but in the VARs and the reseller world, we've seen it, where every month they start at zero, 
okay, and they go out and they develop leads and they market and they sell to their client. What we've seen, again, Dell Financial and some very effective resellers do is they're going out and working on the net new sales, but every month they've got sales from two years ago, from three years ago that are either coming due or people want to add to the lease. And so they'll start every month with some additional opportunities. And, again, it's a very strategic play. It's something that the big companies have figured out. But the lifetime value of that client is, you know, can be yours if you get them into a lease. If they're not in the lease, you can still do business with that client over time, but you don't have the same control over them as you do if you get them into a leasing agreement, for sure. Oh, I used to love it, Chris, when the client said, oh, I need a new laptop. So, yeah, okay, it's like 25 bucks on your lease. Well, just want me to uh, have a leasing company work with you on that. that. That was great. We sold so much equipment that way. Anyway, Chris, we got yep. about, we're almost we're almost out of time here. Uh, Tell people how they can uh, reach out to you, how they can engage with Catalyst and uh, get more information about the, the program that you offer. Yeah, the best way to get a hold of me is um, uh, there's a toll-free number you can call from anywhere in Canada or the U.S., and we do work in the U.S. as well, and that number is 866-444-6399, 866-444-6399. You can also send me an email at any point at CWAIT, so that's C. W A I T E at catalystfc.com. So that's catalystfrankcharlie.com. You know, and the best thing we can do is set up a one on one and have a conversation about what you're doing and help me understand more about your business. And I can give you some best practices that a lot of companies are doing right now. And I, I guarantee you it will be time well spent and it will, uh, it will go right to your business's bottom line by implementing one of these programs. Yeah, I highly, uh, highly recommend you check with Chris right away. I mean, I used to, I did leasing for ten years on my MSP, and it was one of the only ways we sold equipment and sold services. Chris, thanks again for, uh, for joining us today. It's always a pleasure to chat with you, and we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you real soon. And uh, stay warm out there in London. Thanks, guys. I appreciate the time today. Great. And next week, join us. We're going to have Wendy Frank on from Excel Security talking about, uh, you know, building a security practice in your MSP. That's uh, on the MSC show next week, 10 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock on the West Coast, here on Blog Talk Radio. This is Stuart Crawford signing off uh, for the uh, for MSC show this week. We'll talk to you all soon.